0: March 12th makes 14 years that I've been married. Now, listen, I don't say that to get no applause. You know what I'm saying? Everybody trying to run this race. You know what I mean? But I will say that in those 14 years of marriage, I've been. That's strange. I've been. I haven't always been right. And I've learned that when I'm not always right, I need to say I'm sorry. And let me tell you, nothing helps you say I'm sorry quite like gospel music. Mm. Get them clapping. Mm. Get them praising the Lord. Get them happy. Mm. Let the spirit fall on them because you might need it in a second. So there you go. Yeah. I'm sorry. See how easy that was? I'm so sorry. It's easy. See, I'm saying it's just that easy. You say, I'm sorry. You all go, you know, and you're done and things are right. You See what I'm saying? I've learned that in 14 years of marriage. And so you're probably wondering right now, like, why is Knox playing that music? Like, what's he saying he's sorry for right now? His wife ain't in the studio. Um, well, I gotta talk to you and tell you uh, I- I'm sorry because... Uh, well, Let's play a little more music. <laughs> Try us once again. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. And I'm sorry because <clears throat> we don't have a show for you today. <laughs> we don't have a Um, uh, show today, but we do have a show for you today. It's not a traditional show. What I want to do is I've been really, really blessed by Proverbs with Pastor Toby. What you don't know is that Proverbs with Pastor Toby is for Fight, Laugh, Feast club members. If you're not a Fight, Laugh, Feast club member, you don't get a chance to enjoy these full sessions with Pastor Toby. He's rolling out one every week, and it looks like at this point that we have at least 100 sessions to do. So there's a lot of blessing that those Fight, Laugh, Feast club members are going to be getting. And I didn't want you to miss any of that blessing. So we have the opening session of Proverbs with Pastor Toby, Wisdom for Kings. We're going to give that to you as soon as I shut up. But before I do, I also want to tell you thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Cross Politic. For liking and sharing cross-politic, for supporting cross-politic. There's you might not be giving money to cross politics, but let me tell you, if you like a post, if you share, if you subscribe on iTunes, that is support. If you talk about us, if you tell your friends about us, that is major support. And we're so grateful for all of it. Especially for those club members who decide to give their money to help us grow. We are working every day to figure out how to bless those people who become fight laugh feast club members. And if you're not a fight laugh feast club member, if you ever meet a fight laugh feast club member, you make sure you tell them thank you because they are helping us be able to produce the show for you. So, I mean the kingdom, the body of God's people are amazing and they're just such a blessing to us. And believe it or not, you are being blessed by fight laugh feast club members at this very moment. So I want to talk about the network just for a second, you have been listening and subscribing to Cross Politic and therefore the Fight Laugh Feast Network, and you've seen some changes. And you've communicated to us that some of those changes have not made you quite so happy. Woo! Now's a good time. I'm sorry. A I'm good sorry. time to play that. Woo. Forgive me. Forgive me. And we've been listening. We know that it's been hard. That's not how the iTunes is necessarily designed to set up to work that way. And we're doing it so that we can grow and be seen and you've been patient with us and so we want to say we've been listening and we heard you and we're fixing it the best we can at this point we have a few different shows on the network and i wanted you to know that we're going to change the way that we're listing the shows to make it easy for you to be able to enjoy and then to pick what you want to listen to without feel like you're just getting bum rushed with everything okay so let me just go through this list real quick cross politic is going to be cp And then we're going to give a short description of the show. How to Build a Tent with Matt Williams is going to be HTBT. And then a short description of his show. Keith Darrell with Campus Preacher is going to be KDCP. Real simple, short description right after that. A.D. Robles on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network is just going to be A.D. And then it's going to be his little short sense of what his show is about. Westminster Confession of Funk. And that's pretty simple. WCF, short description after that. So, HTBT for How to Build a Tent, LMP for Law and Profits, CP for Cross Politic, AD for AD Robles, KDCP for Keith Darrell, Campus Preacher, and then WCF for Westminster Confession of Funk. Guys, I'm telling you, I am blessed every day that I turn on and listen to a different podcast from one of these gentlemen. They do a good job on their shows. And I hope that you're being blessed by it, and I'm so sorry. 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 You've been maintaining with us and listening and going through that rough patch of figuring out whose show is what and how do I get to the show that I want to listen to. And so we hope that gives you just a little bit of an ease when it comes to picking what show you want to listen to and being able to enjoy it. So... We just hope you forgive us over here at Politic, And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network with all these different shows. Support them. Share them like you already do. If you can't give, this is not any pressure for you to give. Subscribe. Subscribe and share and like. Believe it or not, sharing a show, liking the show, talking about a show, that is actually a form of currency. So if you don't feel like you can give to Cross Politic, are you talking about it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram? Are you sharing posts? I mean, that just means so much. That is a form of currency by itself. And for those of you who are giving to Cross Politic, to Fight Laugh Feast Network, to How to Build a Tent, Law and Profits, let me tell you, thank you for that because you're building something on the, that we can't build without you. The kingdom of God actually takes money, and it, we need money to be able to do things for the kingdom. And so when you give your $10 a month or You're $25 a month, or you give $50 a month, and some people give more than that. Let me tell you, we don't take that lightly, and we are working every day to figure out ways that we can bless you and expand the kingdom. You are building something. You are helping us grow in a way that we can't without you, and we are so grateful for that. Without any further ado, one of those things that is helping build the kingdom, one of those things for those Fight Laugh Feast Club members, Proverbs with Pastor Toby, Wisdom for Kings.
1: Welcome to Proverbs with Pastor Toby on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. This is session one, introducing the book of Proverbs. What is Proverbs all about? Uh, If you need wisdom, this is for you. We'll talk about how Proverbs got its name today and the fact that Proverbs is for kings. Wisdom is for kings. Wisdom uh, is the skills, the understanding, the knowledge that God gives to people particularly men, for ruling. So, the book of Proverbs gets its name uh, from a Hebrew word, Mishle. The word Mishle uh, is uh, from the root verb uh and that word means to uh, riddle, uh, to give a, a riddle, to give a uh, discourse or a proverb, and it can also mean byword. So, you might remember that word showing up um, here and there in the Bible. Remember when Balaam was hired to curse Israel? Uh, he was hired to curse Israel in Numbers 23, but it says in the text that every time he he went to speak to curse Israel, out came a proverb. Actually, so Balaam was was prophesying these proverbs, which end up being these enormous blessings for the people of Israel. But as Moses ends his ministry at the end of Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Um, He warns the people that if they keep God's law, they keep his word, uh, it will be a blessing for them. But if they don't, they will be cursed and they will become a byword. They will become a proverb um, of disobedience to God's word. Um, Also, um, so the same warning is repeated, uh, at the dedication of the temple under Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 9. The, prof- the prophets also repeat the same warning in Jeremiah 24 and elsewhere, where they warn God's people that if they disobey, they will become this sort of negative proverb, uh, this byword, a cautionary tale. Um, and, and so the idea is that, um, that Proverbs is wisdom. But it's not just neutral wisdom. It's wisdom that's it's loaded. Um, it's, it's information and knowledge that you can't just be neutral about. It isn't neutral information, and you can't be neutral about it. It's, um, it's covenantal knowledge. It's covenantal understanding about the way God made the world, which means that either it's, it's a blessing or it's a curse. Uh, when you receive this wisdom, when you receive this understanding, is, is, are you going to receive it with a thankful heart and are you going to apply it in obedience and so it's going be, to become a blessing or is it going to become a noose around your neck? Is it going to become a curse? Um, this is all bound up just in the idea of what a proverb is. Um, a proverb and all of God's word is not just neutral. In fact, we ought to say no information, no knowledge really is neutral. Uh, you cannot come to any piece of information, mathematics, science technology, and it's not neutral. You can't just say, I have this information. That information is either working to bless you and bless those around you, or it's working to curse you and curse those around you. This is one of the lessons of the idea of just the word proverb. A proverb can turn both ways. All knowledge in God's world can turn either way. It can be knowledge for blessing, knowledge for cursing, depending on how you handle it. The other frequent use of the same word, uh, it's sometimes distinguished in Bible dictionaries, but it's spelled the same way, is the verb to rule. So, mashal can mean to give a proverb, uh, to give a, a riddle, a hard saying, to give information, this uh, this loaded information, this covenantal information, but it can also mean to rule. So, the very first time we see that verb is in Genesis 1, when God created the sun, moon, and stars, he created them to rule. It's that same verb. They rule the day and the night in Genesis 1, 17 and 18. At the end of Genesis, remember, Joseph has been uh, elevated to the Pharaoh's right hand to rule in Egypt, and he's called a Moshel, which is just a, a noun form of that verb. He's a ruler over the land of Egypt. We see that in Genesis 45. Solomon also ruled over a great expanse during his reign in 1 Kings 4, same verb. In fact, the way the first line is written in Proverbs chapter 1, if you have your Bible with you, you should be looking at that with me, um, it it highlights actually this kingly point, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. So, from the very first verse, Solomon is um, being told by his father David that this is this is kingly stuff. This is for ruling, and 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 that's that's embedded even in that in that Hebrew word Mishle, Proverbs. Uh, Mishle Proverbs are for those who mashal, those who rule as kings. The story of Job actually illustrates this point. Um, in some really remarkable and wonderful ways. And we don't have time to unpack all of them uh, today. Um, but Job is the story of a king. He's the greatest of the sons of the East. Presumably that means he's a king. Um, and of course, he loses everything. God allows Satan to strike him, strike his land. Um, and and you think about the enormous um, repercussions that... Um, this would have had on his kingdom, um, and and these three conspiring courtiers show up, the three so-called friends, um, and, and they're trying to basically get um, the king, Job, to admit that he's sinned, he's brought the curse down upon himself, that it's his fault. And of course, behind the scenes, we know that there's this sort of this bargain that's that's been, that's taken place between God and Satan, where, where Satan has said, I I know that I can get him to curse you. And, and God said, no, he's, he's a faithful, he's a faithful man. He won't curse me. And, and of course, um, this, this argument ensues in, in history after Job's been struck by Satan and, and this argument ensues for many, many chapters. I like to call it, um, uh, it's it's the first uh, divinely inspired blog war um this is um this is job going at it um with these three friends and um and refuses to give up he fights for his integrity he 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 admits in places i know i'm a sinful man i know i'm not perfect but i did not blaspheme god to bring this on me so he's a king fighting for his life but not merely fighting for his life he's fighting for his kingdom he's fighting for the 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 peace and the protection of his people and he knows that these three wicked men so called friends are there basically to lynch him they're basically there to knock him off and so he refuses to give up in fact the text then indicates that um he wins the argument um the some 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 liberal bible scholars think that there are fragments missing but i i think that the reason why um the 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 argument sort of trails off at the end is because basically the three friends have been silenced. But one of the really striking things about um the end of, of the argument is that um the the author, whether it's Job or another uh inspired author tells us in, in in Job's last couple of speeches that as he delivers the speech, it says that Job is speaking in parables. He uses that same word. Um, he's speaking in Proverbs. And so if you think about the story of Job, the overarching narrative arc is you have a king who's been struck and the question is, has he been a wicked king? And is that why God struck him? And Job is fighting for his kingship. He's fighting for his nation. And as he struggles through fighting for the truth, the narrative itself tells us that he's emerging as a king. He, he's seen through the darkness. He's been given a riddle by God right? This this is this dark saying, I just lost everything. My kids are dead. What does this mean, God? And so much of what Job is arguing for, he's wrestling for in the arguments with the friends, it's sometimes hard to tell. Is he arguing with a friend or is he arguing with God? And the answer is yes. He's, He's fighting with these friends who are lying about him and lying about what God's done to him. And at the same time, he's crying out to God, God, why has this happened? What's going on? He's, he's fighting like a, like a faithful man, fighting for wisdom, fighting for understanding. What is going on? Why have you done this? I need to talk to you, God. And, and as he, as he emerges from that argument, the author says he emerges speaking parables. In other words, he emerges speaking like a king. And so even in Job 27 1 and in Job 29 1, even before God has shown up, I mean, you know what's coming. The end of the book, God's gonna show up and everything's gonna be restored. But even before then, as the argument is is dwindling down and fading away, the 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 narrator, the author has already given us an indication that he's won because he's been a faithful king. And this is part of his the beginning of his vindication. In one sense, he had become a byword, he had become a a cautionary tale, but of course it was a it was a false one. It was a false accusation that Um, that he um, had sinned in some way and brought God's judgment. And so he is an illustration of true kingly wisdom, Um, standing there, taking the hardship, taking the slander, taking the persecution and the threats, refusing to back down. And, And so he emerges as this faithful king. And of course, the story bears that out. But ultimately, the story of Job points us to Jesus. Jesus is wisdom incarnate. John 1 says that he is the word made flesh. Colossians says in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So for us, for men in particular, for anyone or any Christian, to know wisdom is to know Jesus, to know Christ, to know him and him crucified. But the cross is perhaps God's greatest riddle. The cross is God's greatest parable. What will you do with the cross? And the cross, of course, looks like the defeat of the king, but it's actually in his crucifixion that he is most kingly. There in the cross, he's crushing death and hell and Satan and our sin in our place. He's standing for us like a faithful king. And what's happening, right? All his friends are betraying him. All of his enemies are flinging their, their accusations, their slander against him. Right? He's standing there like the greater Job. He is the living parable, the living proverb of our God. And he he stands there for us. And and as he stands there for us and he cries out, it is finished, he has spoken the greatest proverb of them all. Right? It is finished. It's all done. This is this is him emerging as that faithful king. And of course, even that's confirmed then on Easter Sunday see, the thing is, is that wisdom frequently looks foolish. The wisdom of God is the foolishness of the world. And, 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 and so that's, that's what we have to get our heads around is that it's kingly. It really is kingly. But what we find as we start looking at the Bible and all of the Bible and ultimately centering it on Jesus, we find out that the way of God's king the way of God's wisdom is a path that looks utterly foolish. It looks cursed. And so wisdom means having eyes of faith that looks through the storm. So Joseph had to endure persecution and rejection and prison time and being forgotten and isolated and lonely, And but he knew that God saw everything. And so he was raised up as a ruler, a Moshel one who could speak Proverbs wisely, who understood the way God made the world. And we see the same thing with Job. Job was this good, faithful king, a, um, a perfect son who, who was righteous in God's sight, and yet he was struck, and so he had to struggle and fight through false accusations, through the appearance of cursing, through the appearance that he had become a byword, a cautionary tale. But he kept his eyes fixed on his God and refused to back down, he could see through the storm uh, and on the other side of the storm knew that his God lived and he would talk to him and see him and speak to him face to face. Uh, Those who would have God's kind of kingly wisdom have to be able to see past the cross and see the glory on the other side of the cross. See Easter morning. So in the Bible, wisdom is a kind of creative art or skill. Wisdom is given for. Ultimately, I I mentioned this, I think, in the the promotional, but um, the first time we see the word wisdom, it's actually given to those men um, who build the tabernacle. It's a construction skill. Wisdom wears a hard hat. Uh, Wisdom um, drives a a, a Ford pickup. Um, And it's the spirit of God specifically given uh, that inspires people to build things that last in God's world. You're building a family. You're building a, a business, you're building a church, maybe you're building a school. Um, we are called to build things, but we have to build them with wisdom, understanding how God has made this world and and that means that we have to build it on the solid rock of God's word, which means that as we trust God's Word, we're going to be called to do things that look foolish, that look silly, that don't look wise, that look cursed even but we know that we are following the one who endured the curse for us, the one who has been enthroned at the Father's right hand, Jesus, our wisdom. And so if you're a Christian, if you know this Jesus, you've been given his spirit, which is the spirit of wisdom, the spirit that was given to those men to build the tabernacle, the spirit that was given to Solomon to build the temple. That spirit has been given us to build the kingdom, to build wisdom families, to build businesses, to build schools, to build churches, to build God's kingdom here. That's what biblical wisdom is for. That's what Proverbs are for. That's what the Mishle is for. It's for kings who would rule. It's for those who would take God's word and receive it, embrace it, and then begin to build with it. That's our first session, Proverbs with Pastor Toby, brought to you by the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you. God bless and I look forward to seeing you next time. What
0: are we talking about next time?
1: Proverbs chapter 1. We got got into (laughs) 1-1. Maybe we'll get to verse 2 next time.
0: (laughs) Mm. Does it work? Lincoln Duncan said you just got to keep saying sorry until they forgive you. Does it work yet? Well, I hope you forgave us. (laughs) Wasn't that good content? That's just this first session. That's just the first session. There's so much more coming, and I'm so grateful for this content. Thank you for all the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club members that have been giving for a few years now. And if you're not a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member and you're wondering, what am I going to be getting with this? Let me tell you something. Hezekiah, hold on, hold on, hold on. One second, Hezekiah. Right now, our library is being built out so that we can have content like Elite Execution with Jason Elmore, where he takes you through, if you're a salesman or you're looking at business, it actually goes beyond business. It's a high level, high produced, more like masterclass with Jason Elmore that takes you how to turn your game up in your business when it comes to sales and just managing your company all the way around. So Jason Elmore, we did a project with him that's being in post right now and being edited, Raising Sturdy Kids with Keith McCurdy. Again, guys, these are high quality, highly produced, master classes for parents, for businessmen, Um, the social justice conference that happened in Florida. One thing that I've always wanted to do is to take conferences and give people a new way to look at them where you're not just experiencing the talking and the, 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 the sermons themselves, but those pastors and those preachers have hours of content that they can go on and on about and that you don't always get a chance to enjoy. And so I want to start doing conferences differently so that we can give phase two or a little deeper input of the conference and, and a different experience of the conference ultimately. So all the stuff that happened in Florida at t- with Tom Askell and Jarrett Longshore um, and Vody Bacham and Josh Bice, uh, we took that and interviewed everybody there, and we're going to turn the whole thing into a film and give you a different way to digest some of the content that take, took place there. So we have other content that we're in the process of making right now, Don't say anything yet, but I think we're going to get Uncle Gary DeMar come in and do one on civics. (sighs) God in government and then eschatology. Ooh, wouldn't that be great? So that's where we're at. That's what we're doing. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until Sunday, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.